0: Let us pray. Gracious, holy, and awesome God. You've gathered us together by your Holy Spirit. And we pray, Lord, that here in this place you might speak a word to us. That you might quiet within us all of the chaos and the storms of life. And that you might quicken our minds, and our hearts, and open the ears of our hearts to hear, Lord, what it is Your Holy Spirit has to say to us today. May Your voice and Your voice alone speak. May we be strengthened, nurtured, encouraged. May we trust in You fully, Lord, and follow wherever it is You may lead us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, Tuesday was exciting, right? As I was sliding sideways to the roundabout down at the end of Shallowford Road, I got to thinking that maybe it wasn't a good time to be out on the roads. And so I tried to head home and made it to the foot of our subdivision where I joined with another small congregation to stare at a hill of sheet ice and wonder what it is we were going to do. As we were standing there staring at this problem that seemed to have no solution, um, a car came sliding down the hill and ran into two other cars that had already met. You know, it was a scene that was replayed over and over again throughout the South on Tuesday. You know, I was fortunate to leave my car in a random driveway and only have to walk about 20 minutes home, wishing I had worn different shoes. But if that's the worst that I can say, I came out pretty well. Uh, Others were certainly not so fortunate. Others took hours and hours and hours to get home. Some did not make it home until Wednesday. And yet in the midst of all of this chaos, there were these beautiful signs of selfless love, of people reaching out. There was... Uh, the Chick-fil-A down in Birmingham that they closed and sent everybody home and half an hour later everybody came back saying they couldn't get home and so what they did was they fired up the ovens and they cooked all these chicken sandwiches and then they sent the employees out the employees went willingly I think um, to the freeway and they walked among all the cars that were stuck there on the freeway handing out chicken sandwiches for free. And for the rest of the day, that's what they did. And then when people slept in the Chick-fil-A overnight, they got up and they made breakfast for them. And they said the only thing that was closed was the cash register. They accepted no money for all of this food they gave out because it simply seemed like the right thing to do. And there were folks in Atlanta who when they heard that the freeways were closed, what they did was they made sandwiches, and they took water, and they went out and they walked among the cars that were sitting stuck on the freeway, and they handed out food, and they handed out water, and they handed out hot cocoa. There were all these instances of people whose life was interrupted by this storm, and they went, and they reached out, and they reached down. They took their trucks, and they went, and they spent the day pulling people out of ditches. They reached out. They reached down. They saw the interruption as an opportunity to serve other people. Which is what the the story of the gospel is filled with. It's instance after instance after instance of Jesus Christ being interrupted. And rather than view this interruption as this disruption and something to be pushed aside, He viewed it as an opportunity to reach out in love. He viewed it as an opportunity to serve. And so now as we turn to the book of Acts, what we have are the disciples empowered, sent out to do exactly that. To reach down to reach out we're in Acts 3 today and there's one story from the beginning of Acts 3 to, the, to Acts 4.22 and it starts out I'm going to read the first 10 verses this is Peter and John so starting in Acts 3 verse 1 one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon and a man lame from birth was being carried in People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him as did John and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them. Expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up he stood and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God. And they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This man has been lame from birth. In Acts 4.22 it tells us he was more than 40 years old. For 40 years he had never been able to walk. And he had these these faithful friends who who would lay him daily at this gate so he could beg for alms. And so every day people would go in to pray and every day he would ask for alms. And one day Peter and John are walking by and this man is here and he asks them for alms. And so Peter and John say look at us and the man looks at them expecting to receive some gold or silver, some money. This man doesn't even know to expect what the power of God can do for him.
1: He has no expectation
0: of healing here. He's merely hoping for enough money to get by for another day. And Peter and John, who have been interrupted on their way in to pray, interrupted on their way to worship, they see this interruption and they say, I have no silver or gold. Peter and John understand what they can't do. They understand that there are limitations on their abilities, they understand their place. They say, I have no silver or gold, but would I have you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And then Peter reaches down. He reaches out into this interruption, into this man's poverty, into his uncleanliness. And he pulls him up into new life. Into new opportunities. Into a new way of seeing the world. For 40 years this man has sat and looked up. And now he can run and leap and jump and praise God. Because Peter and John saw the interruption as a chance to reach down, as a chance to reach out. And so naturally, there is a crowd gathering. People who have seen this man begging every day. They gather and they gather. And Peter recognizes the opportunity. In verse 11, he begins, or verse 12, he begins to preach. He says, when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. You Israelites, why do you wonder at this? It's a fair question, right? I mean, the man's just been healed. It's crazy. Of course we're going to wonder at this. He's been lame for 40 years. But Peter says, why do you wonder at this? Why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we had made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors has glorified His servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected, in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the Holy and Righteous One, and asked to have a murderer given to you, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by faith in His name, His name itself has made this man strong, whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health. In the presence of all of you. This is the power of the name of Jesus Christ has healed this man. But Peter goes on. He says, And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what He had foretold through all the prophets that His Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send the Messiah appointed for you, that is, Jesus, who must remain in heaven until the time of universal restoration that God announced long ago through His holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you from your own people a prophet like me. You must listen to whatever He tells you. And it will be that everyone who does not listen to that prophet will be utterly rooted out of the people. And all the prophets, as many have spoken from Samuel and those after him, also predicted these days, you are the descendants of the prophets and of the covenant that God gave to your ancestors, saying to Abraham, and in your descendants all the families of the earth shall be blessed. When God raised up His servant, He sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. When God raised up His servant, He sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Peter, So this crowd is gathered and Peter senses this opportunity to reach out. Peter understands and believes that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. But the people that have gathered, the Jews of that time, rejected Jesus. They were responsible for Jesus being crucified on a cross. Peter could have easily recognized and seen this as an opportunity to condemn them. As an opportunity to look down on them as people who were responsible for having Jesus killed. He could have been haughty. He could have been proud. But he reaches out. He says, you didn't know what you were doing. Verse 17, he says, you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. You didn't know what you were doing, but this is an opportunity. God wants to bless you. Verse 20, he says he want, you know, there wants to be times of refreshing. Peter saying God wants to bless you. God wants to pour out repentance and forgiveness upon you. God wants to bless you. God wants to take this opportunity to transform your life, to reach down, to reach out. To be transformed by the grace and the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Peter wants people to be invited into transformation in the name of Jesus Christ. And as they're preaching, uh, the priests show up, the rulers of the temple, and they see what's going on, and they see Peter and John, and because no good deed goes unpunished, they have them arrested. They have them arrested and thrown in jail, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And they question them. They say, whose power did you do this? And again, Peter, rather than being angry, rather than being proud, He proclaims the name of Jesus Christ. It says in verse 10, Let it be known to all of you, to all the people of Israel, this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. Jesus Christ is the name above all names. Peter is proclaiming this. He's reaching out and inviting these folks who are ready to persecute Him. He's inviting them into a new way of life. He's reaching out. Because reaching out is the essence of what God has done. In Jesus Christ, God looked down upon our lives and upon the sin and the chaos that was rampant in society and in Christ He reached down to us and offers us salvation and forgiveness. Forgiveness we could never earn. Salvation we could never build by our own hands. But God wanted to be in eternal relationship with us and so He reached down to us to help us out. Because friends, our lives are not so unlike those cars sliding on icy roads. We each know what it's like to want to do something, to have the intent to live a certain way. And so we direct ourselves in that way, and yet our lives often slide off in another direction. And we feel powerless. No matter what we do, we spin the wheel, we hit the brakes, and our lives slide, and it feels like they're out of control. And we can't fix it ourselves. And we end up in the ditch, and we're stuck, and we're uncertain of how we're going to get ourselves out. And we stand, and we look at the mess we've gotten ourselves into, and we weep out of dismay and out of powerlessness and we hope that a stranger can come along and pull us out and friends that's the gospel message is that when our lives have ended up in the ditch when we have ended up powerless God reaches down to us he reaches out at great cost to himself and pulls us back on our feet. He renews and refreshes us. He gives us a gift of salvation. He takes us up in His arms. And He gathers us up in all of our broken pieces. and all of our broken hearts. And He gathers us up and He restores us. And says, I love you. I made you. And I can fix this. I can redeem you and restore you and you are eternally worthy of my love because I made you. We know what it's like to be powerless. We know what it's like to be the beggar who doesn't even know what to expect. But we have a Redeemer. We have a Savior. And everything He does is for us to reach down to reach out and gather us in. Please pray with me. Lord, you and you alone have the name above all names, that beautiful name, Jesus Christ, our Savior the name alone by which we must be saved. Lord, our sin leads us off. We intend to go closer to You, and yet we drift and we slide away. And rather than scold us, You gather us up. You reach down and You reach out, and You gather us into Your strong arms, and You assure us that there is life in You that there is love and there is grace and there is mercy. And so Lord, we cast ourselves upon You. We cast all of our cares. We cast our weakness and our sins upon You, Lord. We come without even knowing the words to say. Without even fully understanding what it is You can do for us. And we kneel before Your throne. And we pray, Lord God, that by Your Holy Spirit You may bind us up, that You may assure us of the life eternal in You, and that You may give us the wisdom and the courage to live this life as You have called us to live, to be Your witnesses, to let Your light shine in and through us, so that when we are interrupted, Lord, we may have the courage and the dignity and the selflessness to reach down and reach out and serve our fellow neighbors as we have so generously been served by you. May we be the kind of people constantly reaching down, constantly reaching out, in the name above all names, Jesus Christ. Amen.